0: Hey guys, if you didn't know this, we have social media. One of the things that we said is that we want you guys to join the conversation. And so I think joining the conversation looks like probably having a conversation. So how do we have a conversation? Point.
1: Yeah, uh, so one of the things uh, you can do is um, you can call me at... No, I'm uh,
0: We have a Facebook page and
1: um, you can put... Questions up there, um, comments. Um, and, and I, I mean I know that's what Facebook is used for anyways, kinda of is the comment, but we really do want to have conversations with people. Already after some of these podcasts we've had some some talks via texts or you know in person with people and man, we just want to keep on that that going with people. So um, jump on Facebook, write us some questions. Um, specifically you were you were mentioning like on our website
0: that yes. that people can talk to us there. For our non Facebook friends, um, you can go on to our website confessionshsbt.com um, and each of the podcasts has a post up there and you can comment to each of those podcast posts. Um, also, if you would like to interact with us 140 characters at a time, you can tweet us at confessionshsbt. Um, and also we have an Instagram account where we'll post little fun pictures of us recording episodes or little little things that have emblems of sort of what we are going to talk about in that week's podcast and our handle on instagram is confessions hsbt right on so you can find us on instagram facebook twitter or even our website yeah and we would
1: like it please you uh, you you help us with content so keep them keep them coming
0: whoo You are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey, uh, this is Chris Seals, and across from me is... The Wayne Randolph. The one and only mm. Wayne Randolph. How are you feeling, Wayne?
1: Uh, I'm tired. It's Friday. I'm over it.
0: How Hallelujah. are you doing? <laughs> I'm Doing okay. Have you ever seen The Hobbit? Uh, yes. Have you seen all three of The Hobbits?
1: I can, when you say Hobbit, like, do you mean like the uh, like Lord of the Rings or like actually like The Hobbit?
0: Yeah the the three movies yeah, that recently I, were created I, I about. I, I think I saw two of them. Yeah, my wife um, saw zero of them. Or let's, if we're being honest, she saw about twenty five percent of them because she did come to the movies, but she fell asleep. Um, during each a of the... hard movie to fall asleep in. Well, according to her, not really, because she alleged that it was probably the most boring movie she had ever seen. And I had, like, read The Silmarillion and had watched Lord of the Rings and loved them and read through... I read The Hobbit and read through most of The Lord of the Rings. And so I was kind of geeking out on a lot of it, but then I would turn to the side only to find my wife sleeping. Were, were you offended anyway? A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that happens <laughs> often. Um, but I I thought it'd be interesting to discuss like this perception of for her that was a really long time yeah. those movies those movies were so long and for me like I the thought, movie lasted forever didn't forever it? that that movie lasted forever but for me those movies were shorter mm. um, but when we get into this idea of, of time and how we experience it and what it is um, I think like our, our perception the place that we're at our, mm. our knowledge even all of that kind of it maybe maybe it doesn't bend time itself, but it um, it definitely affects our view of time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I uh, I think so. I have a
1: feeling we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get kind of metaphysical uh, today.
0: Yeah. What was the longest movie that you've ever seen? Like long and by longest I don't mean like most minutes to it, but the movie that you were like just like oh. it dragged out. Yeah.
1: Um, ch- chariots of fire. Hmm. I really liked it, I really liked it, but I think that there was so much hype, uh, and then watching it, it just was like, uh, character development, character development, character development. Does that make sense? You're a film nerd, huh? I, I were <laughs> yeah, I'm a film nerd. Um, How about
0: you? I feel uh, bad long- that I just said Chairs of Fire was
1: yeah. the longest movie.
0: I remember thinking Waterworld was really long, but I think it actually was really long. I think it was like four hours. Can I change I, my, my answer? Uh-huh. Titanic. No, oh, yeah. You're right. Same guy, right? Cameron, no? no? Oh, you, what? see, you, when you say same guy, you mean director. Mm. Well, we're already off the rails. That's good. Sorry. Um, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, the, the reason that we're bringing this up um, is, and just sort of to lay out a little bit of a roadmap of what we're hoping to discuss, is this idea of forever um, in, in, and how teenagers perceive it. right Right? um and so in in this discussion yeah we we probably do need to talk about like the geeky nerdy sciency part of what is time and what is our experience of time and how does time um how do we speak of time physically and philosophically but also sort of like heaven and what does forever mean right um in the hereafter and and a god who
1: seemingly has created time and Right. How does he interact with time, right, yeah. all those fun questions? And,
0: and all of that stuff, hopefully, if we are Bible teachers, then to root root that in, okay, well, what does the Bible say Right. about it? Right, because we
1: get some weird questions here. Yeah. Um, and I'd much rather, yeah, I'd much rather say, I don't know, or let's check the text, and if the text doesn't seemingly give us a definitive answer, I'd, I'd much rather say, I don't know, than mm-hmm. make up something for our students, so... Right. I'm guessing when you ask me questions in the next 30 minutes, I might say, I don't know. Are you okay with that? Yep. Cool. Totally
0: fine awesome. with that. Awesome. I hope our kids are too. Yeah. I think, um, so one of the places that we start in our sophomore year Bible classes, we talk about the existence of God. Um, and to provide a little context, some Christian schools um, allow um, people into their schools um, only if they are a Christian, only if they are a, a professed Christian follower of Jesus, but then other Christian schools like ours will allow people into the school and say we will unashamedly teach Christian theology and and doctrine and, and Bible, but um, you don't have to be a Christian to come here. And so, as a result, some of our teaching is even sort of adjusted to accommodate that. Right. So, in in our tenth grade Bible class, we start with the question of, okay, does God exist? Um, and in asking that question, if I do have Buddhists and atheists. Um, and people from different, even agnostics in my class. um, How do I teach that? And so we start with science. Right on. Have you ever heard the word Kalam? I have. I've I've taught Kalam. Have you heard of William Lane Craig? I have.
1: I won't I won't follow that up with I've taught William Lane Craig because yes. I'm still learning from William Lane Craig.
0: Well theoretically, he is the one who came up with this rec- the, the idea of the Kalam. The the Kalam cosmological argument um, hinges on this understanding of time. Um, and he is kind of the poster child or main advocate, marketing guy for it, so maybe you've kind of taught William Lane. Yeah, I guess I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But either way, all of it comes down to this idea that you cannot have an infinite regress of events. So meaning you can't have, okay, this event came before this event. Um, So if we're at event T, um, there is event T minus one, T minus two, T minus three, but you can't have T minus infinity Mm. because if that's the case, then we never arrive at the current moment. Um, and in, we're not like trying to lay out apologetics here, but um the reason I bring this up is what that means is there was a point in the finite past where time began.
1: Um to maybe go to a, a different philosopher, um would this be similar to like the uncaused cause mm-hmm. that I I think Aquinas mm-hmm. uh mentioned or the the ultimate
0: matter, like there there has to be a point of origin. Right. Okay. And and whatever that thing is, if this this thing um Needs to have sufficient power um, to bring a universe into existence, but not just that to bring time itself into existence. Um, to an extent, this being needs to be timeless. Hmm. Um, now, um, we can argue about. Yeah, you just you. Did, I was just going
1: to say, man, I, I have seven questions, and we can take this podcast every every direction. There. Right. Um, so
0: I, I'll hold them. But <laughs> where you want to go with those? Well, um, the two wa- two ways of viewing this is that. Either before, Well, there's more than two ways, but two ways that we'll talk about here of uh, viewing what this all means is either logically prior, because I, I can't say prior to time, right? Because there's no such thing as prior. So without the existence of time and creation, God is a timeless being um, because there is no time to relate with. Um, but then what happens with creation, um, there's a couple of divergent paths. One is that God is now temporal in that he interacts with these Temporal beings who are in time, experiencing the pass passing of sequential events, or we say that God is still timeless um, and sort of detached and removed from that realm of temporal becoming.
1: And that, that's that's one of those statements we hear Christians say a lot: the mm-hmm. the kind of like God's outside of time. And we've we've just kind of is that yeah. is that where we get that idea? And it seems like that's one of those ones we perpetuate. But absolutely, um, is is that one that we actually see in the text? Can, can I ask maybe a quick question? Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering just for even other other listeners, um, this idea that, that God created time, like, mm. um, again, not wanting to get fully into the apologetic, but is, is there any sort of rebuttal from anybody that says, like, Oh no, that's stupid! Like, like doesn't hasn't time just always existed? Mm. Um, like, where where do we even get this idea that that God
0: created time? Is there right? And I would actually say that scripture scripture would be kind of unclear about it, especially because it's Hebrew, kind of as we've talked about it, like is a semantically poor language, and so we have the word olam, um, which means off into. Um, One of the Jewish commentators I was reading was saying that olam is sort of like when you are standing, looking out on a clear day, and where the distance gets kind of fuzzy, that is olam.
1: Like what we would call the horizon? Yeah, like
0: that that which is sort of beyond... what you can see that which is beyond the horizon, and so when the Hebrew authors speak of forever they they talk about Olam in the past and Olam in the future, like that which is beyond which we can see mm. in the past and future, in some in some cases it 's just a really long time, like mm. when Jonah was in the belly of the whale for Olam, which was a finite little bit of time right. um, or sometimes it 's when we 're talking about God and how he came from Olam, like he he was there. From Olam, and he will always be there to Olam, he mm. will be there in the forever that we can't see beyond now and the forever that we couldn't see before now mm. um, so that's why even if you read that's the text so cool. yeah if you read the text carefully, um like sometimes translators will do things like say from everlasting to everlasting, which isn't like a good uh, rendering necessarily it's sort of like okay, that which is beyond what we can see in the past and what we yeah. can see in the future, so scripture is unclear, but yeah. I think what's interesting is that science tends to be the book that would attest to the creation of time. Cool. Um, because um, the the more we learn about time, the more we realize that time is sort of inextricably linked to matter. Mm. So all the stuff that we see is um, the time is sort of tied to those things. Mm. Um, Should we talk about relativity? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. J- just a little bit about <laughs> yeah, relativity. Yeah. Um, so... Einstein's theories of special and general relativity um, sort of play with this notion of what time is, and in a nutshell, what we learn is that time um, from special relativity is is sort of dependent on whatever inertial frame you are, which is a, a fancy way of saying the the space that you are in that moves with you. Mm-hmm. So if you are in um, if you are in a car and you throw an egg up and then um, I don't know why you're throwing an egg. Um, if you throw <laughs> if you throw a ball up, um, and the ball is not going to smack against the back windshield, um, right. the ball is going to fall right back down because you are in an inertial frame, so even it's if relative to. Yes, got absolutely. It, got and got so it. the thought is that there is. Um, so what if your car is
1: going faster than mine?
0: If, if exactly. <laughs> so what they what what was discovered in in um, Einstein's theory of special relativity is that time. Um, Time is experienced differently in different inertial frames. And so if I am moving, if the speed of light is C, if I'm moving at C minus one and relative to me, you're at a standstill, I will experience less time. Um, Like I could be gone for an hour and you will have experienced maybe your whole life and yeah. i will have only experienced that and we've
1: seen that that played out in a couple of cool movies and in, in pop culture and stuff where someone goes in time travel or not time travels but they, they travel at the speed of light and come home and like
0: right their like, wife is now yes in a interstellar <laughs> right. or um yeah. ender's game like yeah. th- these things are are played with and then general relativity talks about gravity and acceleration and all like how gravity itself can bend time so all that to say i i'm not really a scientist i love like nerding out oh, and thinking about thinking it. Oh, you're good out there, though, yeah. Um, but I, I think that what it shows is that, that even our understanding of time is very closely linked to the physical universe. So that mm. means the God that created the physical universe, time was part of that creation. Awesome. That's pretty cool. You got there in about three minutes. That's fun. That was rough. Good job. <laughs> um, that would have so, taken me a class period with my students. <laughs> <laughs> so so then the question is, um, wh- well, first of all, when talking to teenagers about this sort of stuff, mm. I think that, um, one, for a lot of teenagers, it's fun, and it's something that, like, gets their brains going. Um, for others, I've noticed that there's a strange fear response. Yeah, definitely. Right? And, and I know um,
1: in some of the conversations we've been having lately, like, so in, in our senior Bible class, um, we're ending the year, and, uh, you know, for, for, for fun, we're, uh, we're ending on existential crisis and existentialism. And mm-hmm. so, and that seems to come with a lot of it, right, like That where they're asking those bigger questions, like, well... If death is something like, is is that forever? And right. and, and or if heaven, like, and why am I forever here? And why, yeah, what's the purpose? And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and I and I'm with you. I, I I'm finding it harder and harder to um, not necessarily communicate, but to come alongside those students who are more in the fearful part. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually even hoping that this conversation will, will help us a little bit because I am in the other part. I, I'm in the part that's really just jazzed and excited right. about eternity, and so I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't always know how to empathize
0: with the student that is freaking out. Right. So we've got some weird questions lately. Mm-hmm. We've got some interesting questions yeah. lately, Chris. And so in one of those questions, like, directly relates to this idea of eternity. So eternity past, I think they can chew on. It, it trips them out. Like, they right. they feel weird about it, but nevertheless, they're like, okay, well, There was a, I guess there was a something before time existed, and like logically, they just sort of kind of. For me, that's the one that actually
1: freaks me out. Really? Not freaks me out, but like I can't get my mind around. Like, because we're linear creatures, the idea of just something not ending, like eternity, like just going on forever. I mean, we have mythical creatures like vampires and stuff like this. So for me, that's actually easier to comprehend, but like just this idea of
0: eternity past, like no actual. Be- yeah, I don't. Know. Well, yeah, and so yeah. that, and that's where where the Kalam cosmological <laughs> right. argument comes in is that right. there there was an, a definite beginning, and then before that beginning, whatever that means, there was God. there was timeless, right? Timeless triune, sacrificial, self giving love, three persons, one Godness. Itty. I look forward to uh, <laughs> somehow understanding that. There, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of hyphens in that <laughs> um, word. So the, I, I think that the the future part for yeah. our students I think seems to be the main thing that that scares them because, um, sometimes they have trouble just making it to the end of the day without saying right. the word this went forever right. and so then when they think, <laughs> okay we have to do this
1: I forever forever right. Mr. Randolph, we I haven't
0: had a break in forever. Right? Yeah, yeah. and so, and so like we can we can sort of mock that, but under that is this no, assumption that their there. their experience yeah. of time feels like forever, it's, right? And it's rel- and it's relative to their,
1: their experience. Yeah,
0: and I mean, if even thinking back to when we were teenagers, which was not too long, ago, were you were you a teenager in the eighties, nineties? Uh, 80s, 90s. Yeah. 80s, 90s. Okay, yeah. So, and me was the mostly most, the, mostly the 90s. Um, when we think back to our our teen years, I remember thinking about old people saying, "Man, before you know it, you'll blink your eye and your life will have gone by you." And I thought, "You are old." Have you caught yourself now? Yeah, I right? find myself saying those same things. My that- wife
1: and I were just saying that the other day. My my son just turned nine, and you know, we we did it. I, I felt like I was on a sitcom. It feels like it was just yesterday right. that we were changing his diapers, and uh, is time—
0: is time actually accelerating? Yeah, because of I don't know. And and I think <laughs> that whatever physical time is doing, which is linked to our inertial frames and all of that, I think that. From, like, the pastoral perspective, as Bible teachers, mm. like, we need to consider the fact that their experience of time yeah. um, and how they view the events that are passing by them, what does it say if they say that, like, it's feeling like everything is going slow? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's even, like, a classroom management. Deep, yeah. Like, that's a classroom management issue. Like, if at the end of my class, students say, this class went by so fast, I know that that meant they were engaged right. and They're present working, and they working, enjoyed working. it. Um, and the ones who say, "Oh, this class went by so slow," I'm like, "Because well. we didn't entertain them, right? Exactly, <laughs> 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 that they didn't have the 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 fun and the feels."
1: So, so what what when it comes to those fears, what what are some what are some that you have you've heard lately, or the questions that have come up lately, um, and, and you know, let's explore some of those with
0: Yeah, and well, I think that um, one of the things you had mentioned in a previous conversation was about. Um, maybe the need to discuss misconceptions of of heaven. Mm -hmm. And I find that that seems to be the thing that scares a lot of them because oftentimes the picture that is painted by the church, um, and like through scripture, we get in, in the book of Revelation, like it's all like pictures of, well, in Revelation, it's apocalyptic. So we have like glowing-headed random beasts flying around yelling, yeah. holy, holy, holy. Um, wait, wait, wait for our future podcast on right. Revelation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is this um, sort of idea that we are just going to be in an eternal church service. There's going to be, like, endless rows of pews, and we're going to be standing there singing Chris Tomlin um, for the rest of eternity.
1: Do I get wings? Mm. Do I get a harp? Right and do I have my own personalized cloud? Yes. <laughs> right. And what's so interesting? Um. And I love, I love rattling my students, like ruffling their feathers a little bit. Um. When I get that question, and I kind of hear that that's in the question, that like those are mm-hmm. some of their thoughts. I like to agree with them and say, "Yep, that does sound boring." Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I grew up Presbyterian, dude. That you basically just said uh, going to a Presbyterian church for for eternity. Yeah. Uh, no offense to anybody who's Presbyterian. There's nothing wrong with that, but. Right, I don't know. Raise your hands every now and then, or something. Yeah. Dance around, or something. <laughs> My goodness.
0: Yeah, and and I think that that's the thing is if if that's our perception of what eternity's going to be like, no wonder they want out. Then of no, no wonder boring. they'd rather like annihilation or la- cease to exist, or or maybe like something that's closer to the Buddhist idea of going to this nirvana, disembodied, ethereal be- becoming
1: state, becoming one with everything.
0: Right, and um, something that a student recently said is they they t- talked about the weight of time. Um in the heaviness of time and I thought you know like the the weight of time and the heaviness of time um, it's only weighty if you if you don't like that which is transpiring mm-hmm. right and so I even think for what when I've done research and reading into Buddhism like the idea of escaping the the wheel of suffering um, and I thought yeah I want I want out of the wheel of suffering yeah, as well, it, but
1: that sounds appealing.
0: Yeah, but I don't think the way out of suffering is is disconnection. Right. Right. Is, is which isn't that ironic
1: too that it's it's disconnection in the attempt to connect to everything. Right. right. It's, yeah.
0: It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, I think that um, with like the the fear of the future, I think you even mentioned it. Like you weren't entertained in my class. Like, there's doubt, can God entertain me for eternity, mm. right? And that, unfortunately, that's the question, right? It's not like, okay, what do I get to do for the rest of eternity? But it's, uh, can I mean, are there going to be new apps that yeah. like, will be... That's what I
1: was going to ask, Chris. Do you, do you think, I would imagine every single one of us, like our generations, have gone through and, and we have experienced these questions and, and explored these questions differently, contingent upon our, our surroundings. Right. This generation <laughs> seems to be pretty entitled yeah. Um, and so I think, you, I think you might have brought that up in one of our conversations recently where, man, it, it's almost like at the core of these questions, which, which as teachers and, and, and as adults and mentors, as we're talking to, to, to people younger in the faith, you know, we, we want to kind of hear the heart of their question. It, it seems like at the heart of it is, is almost kind of entitlement sometimes, right? right? Yeah.
0: And in that entitlement, I think that, like, there is sort of a, a, a more base – um, well, not base, a, a more f- foundational question, which sort of asks, is God good, mm. right? Or not even good, but is he good enough?
1: Yeah. Can I right.
0: Can I trust that I want to be there
1: with him right. forever? Right. So when you think of eternity, what do you think of?
0: What comes to mind when I think of eternity is mostly because for me being from a Catholic standpoint... I think being eternal with God forever is kind of like kind of scary because I don't know just that like you said I'll be kind of bored and my father who's who's a big he's Christian I'm Catholic so what we do is uh, he watches a lot of, like biblical TV programs and that what I always hear is like being what the the TV evangelists always say is like oh being eternal with God is the best thing in life but I'm always contradicting myself saying, is it really, and the uh, TV feature never really, like, say the downside of it's going to be boring, or always you think about, like, the the good side of it? Every time I, uh, so I, I have a tendency to zone out, so every time, you know, I think of the word eternity, I'm usually zoning out, and I just go deep into thoughts, Um, like, what was before God, but God, you know, was always there, and, you know, you can't, like, You can't solve that, you know, that's like, it occurs as a problem in your mind, but you can't solve it, you just can't, and it's crazy, and it's, um, so when I think of eternity, I just think of God, I'd say. When I think of eternity, I think of how there's no ending, and how that's impossible for me to understand, how the human mind has no capacity to understand eternity, because all the things in our, like, universe have an end so even when people think of space they have no idea what they're thinking of and to bring god into the equation is impossible for our minds and with eternity we're going to be spending day after day if there even is like a schedule with god and it is mind-blowing to say the least let's let's think of it this way uh god created time uh so he lives outside of time and so if you can tell me like, where does a circle start? If he's living in this continuous, where does it start? It doesn't, it just it just goes. So God has drawn this line for us that we live in and we've only gone a certain point in this line. We don't know where we are. Only the father knows when the line ends because he lives outside of that. Um, he lives in this circular pattern that it didn't start anywhere and it doesn't end anywhere. Is is he? And I think that, that that question one reveals the heart of the student. But right. I think also which is great for us as teachers because then we know
1: where to talk with them. Right. Right. At least to begin that.
0: But I, I think what it also shows is maybe a misunderstanding of what worship even is. Yeah, and right. If worship, is. if worship is just Chris Tomlin, like I love playing Chris Tomlin songs because I prefer the key of G. Um, <laughs> but I think that. If we if we're singing how great is our God um, for fifteen thousand years out of the eternity that we're going to spend, which math doesn't work for eternity and infinities, um, but I think that told you like, we don't yeah. need math. <laughs> uh, any math teachers, we apologize. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> um, but but I, I think that being said, we still. Yeah, I'd I'd be confused about why Why yeah. would I want to do that. And so if, that,
1: if if it's worship forever, and it is the, the Chris Tomlin, like you said, for, forever and ever, like, I do want a cheeseburger every now and then. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to go run around. I want to catch a wave. I, I want to...
0: Right. I, you, you know what I mean? So like, here's the question. Then um, I think you're sort of alluding to it already, but then what is worship? Yeah, what is worship? When I... Um,
1: so in, in my classroom, when that question comes up, Mm-hmm. Um or if they say something about worship and I just put it back on them, what is worship? I I, I will generally put it back on them. And I so I, I just like to have my kids say it. And and part of that um I guess teaching strategy is to hear where they're coming from. And so we can we can kind of get a frame of reference where to start. But um when it comes down to it for me, um I would say worship is aligning my definitions of life and everything about life mm-hmm. to to something and in this case god um, and so if i am if I am here on earth worshiping a a president or a king i am I am submitting to their authority, and so mm-hmm. worship um, would be how I obey their authority and so right. um, long story short there, I would say worship is obedience mm. and that man i could I could imagine i mean to say it outright like that to a teenager. Um, you know, who's filled with teenage angst and mm-hmm. and all that. Um, it takes a while before I can kind of get them there to see right. what I'm saying. But, but I would say that it, it means submission.
0: It, mm-hmm. me- it means, yeah, you know better. I trust you. I worship you. Yeah, and even the idea of um, the translators have have difficulty in Romans twelve one and two, where it says, "And this is your um, spiritual act of service, or this is your act of oh, worship, or this bodies. is." Um, but but the way paul defines it is it's when you offer yourselves as living sacrifices right that's yeah. what that's what worship is that's your yeah. service that's your whatever yeah. that is and i and
1: i think of i think of jesus who says if anybody wants to follow me hmm. so i mean if i'm following somebody i'm giving them some sort of authority at the very least you know where you're going you know whatever that means like so when jesus says if anybody wants to follow me he has to deny himself he has to pick up his cross i mean that's that is a living sacrifice and yeah. so that is me um, at least where I'm at right now, how I'm in seeing that is that—that that is me saying, okay, I'm giving up my right to judge that I know what's right or wrong, that I know where to go, that I'm saying I'm going to submit to your authority, and I believe that that's an act of worship.
0: Right, and I've lately with my with my youth group kids, I've been reading through. Um, uh, Dallas Willard's Spirit of the Disciplines. Awesome. Um, and awesome. in his list of spiritual disciplines, he sort of, he separates out worship and celebration. Hmm. Um, both with worship, he he says that it's it's mostly focusing on who God is and his attributes. Hmm. Um, and celebration is, is sort of focusing on the things that God has done. Hmm. Um, and I think that maybe like that's a, a different definition, but I don't think it's mutually exclusive with what you're saying, right? Yeah. Because if we know who God is... Um that he is good, that he is beautiful, that he's just, that he's powerful. Um and we know the things that God has done, then then that should actually shape our actions, right? And, right. That's and, that's then I can trust him. Mm-hmm. And I can I Yeah.
1: That word submit, I know it's hard for some of us. It's hard for me to use that word sometimes, mm-hmm. but but when
0: I see that it's good, I can submit to it. Yeah. And when I think about what worship and celebration are if if it's knowing the goodness of God and trusting and obeying that, and then celebrating the things that that God has done as a result um, of that
1: goodness, right? right. Yeah, Th-
0: then that sounds pretty good to me. Now I'm cool with that. Yeah, the thing is, though, I think that even in what we just said, celebrating God and who He is and the things He's done, kind of sounds like a worship service. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of sounds like okay, we're going to sing songs, yeah. um, and we're going to recite stuff from the Bible, um, which I think is good. But I but we're forgetting the fact that one of the things we celebrate is God created the universe. Yeah, that's what I was, was going to say. Is like he he
1: created life yeah. and he created this beautiful planet, and so and he created coffee and he created yeah, um, bananas and especially he created coffee. yes. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things, Chris, when I take students to Guatemala every summer, um, there are a few days on our trip where we just play, and mm. uh, we play in the jungle and we float down rivers. And my prayer, and I. I look forward to this day every year. I mean, even as I'm telling you right now, mm. I, can, I can feel I have a full body smile mm. um, because we pray in the morning that, Father, like that you would accept our laughter today as a form of worship. Mm. As we're saying thank you for this beautiful thing you've created, that you, you've you even given us this opportunity to, um, you know, have these chemicals in our bodies so that we can experience this joy. And, and, and as I look at the jungle, it brings me joy. And as I float down the river, it brings me joy. And... Um, that, that might be a better understanding of worship,
0: right. especially
1: if I'm in line and in tune with kind of the way that he is defining life and, and wanting life to go. Right. Um, and that seems to be... Because the alternative is, is he offers me something, I say, no, I can do it better. Like, clearly that's not worship. Right. Because now I'm saying I
0: can... It's me. So mm-hmm. I, I become I worship me. Yeah. Um which is pretty telling about our culture. Yeah, and oh yeah, that's true. Over <laughs> spring break, um um I was with some students in Mexicali and I believe it's pronounced Mexicali. Mexicali. Thank you. I think it's only Central America and Mexico that makes the X uh huh, instead uh, of in a Guatemala X. The, the Mayans make it a sh. Yeah. So meh. Um <laughs> <laughs> So what are we doing over <laughs> so, Spring Break? Um in Mexicali we're doing Teachers. this missions trip. Um Co- um, where we collaborate with the local church. But um, when we're not working with the church, we're in, we're camping in the dirt, um, and we use porta-potties. And um, I, there was one moment that really struck me, and I saw three teenage boys just throwing a ball to each other. Like, they weren't playing competitively, um, and there wasn't anything really spectacular. They are just throwing, like, one of those inflatable balls that you get for 99 cents at Ralph's, yeah. um, just throwing it to each other. And I thought, n- nowhere... Anywhere near where we live or on our campus would I ever see this? Just mm. like throwing a ball for the sake of being there, throwing a ball. Were these um, locals or were these our students? These were, these were not our students, but students from a similar type of group. Interesting. And I think that what, what, dawned, a cool observation. Yeah, what dawned on me is that I think that oftentimes our students, um, and sometimes even ourselves, we are working so hard to distract ourselves mm. from being here. And then that boredom again, yeah. And then entertained exactly. And so, entertainment for some reason, even in Spanish, it's I I also teach Spanish, um, it's like diversion is like diversion, diversion that's what Mm. fun is. And I think that we define fun and enjoyment and entertainment by like taking our mind off of reality. But I think that worship and celebration is is zooming in on focusing on reality and saying, Mm. I get to throw a ball right now, um, it's staring at a butterfly. Right yeah and, and watching it, yeah, um it's watching the sun, like because to I think a lot of people, um I don't know, playing Clash Royale probably seems better than watching a sunrise, and I, I don't think it's because there's something wrong with the sunrise, um, <laughs> I, think <laughs> well
1: that,
0: said. I think that I think it's yeah. probably because something there's something wrong, with, wrong with the way we perceive reality that we'd rather yeah. distract ourselves than just be fully present, yeah, and so with that, when the student asks about what are we doing for eternity, right. There's the, I think that maybe the question they're really asked, asking is, how can God distract me for that long, mm. right? But I think that when we give up distraction and we start to just look at reality with a more keen eye and say, hey, this reality is good, um, I could do that forever. Yeah. Right? So what, what do you see in the text?
1: What, what do you see in the text that would um, tell you? Like, how do you come to the conclusion
0: that you're not going to be bored? Hmm. I think the thing that I see in the text is mostly actually from the Old Testament prophets and their view of the age to come um, where they, they talk about children being able to play with snakes and not being worried. And that um, new wine in the book of Amos, new wine will flow from the countryside at this, at this sort of marriage feast Um, that there's an idea of marriage feast being this form of celebration that is often talked about in the age to come. And so like all of those are really earthy symbols or even when we talk about peace in the in the age to come the that swords will be pounded into shovels and yeah. spears will be turned into pruning hooks like shovels are for digging and pruning hooks are for cutting trees yeah, and stuff so and farming and yeah and so all of these things are very like earthy energy. real things um and so i think that what what excites me is like, for the rest of eternity, getting to explore, getting to discover, yeah. and and explore and discover in a world that is not marred by the effects of sin.
1: Yeah, right on. Um, To to pause for a moment and discuss this idea of the age to come, um, the Jewish worldview, and, and I would say kind of by default, um, if we are followers of Christ, um, this current age, and actually you, you brought up Romans 12, and it, it kind of brings that up in the beginning about conforming to the patterns of this world. Yeah. Um, this current age that we are currently living in, um, just turn on your news and you you can come up with all your characteristics within 30 seconds, you know, disease and destruction and, and death. Um, and the Jews will talk about, um, when we say heaven, um, they would say the age to come. And I, I actually get my, my kids to start using that language as well, um, mm. because heaven kind of implies this idea that we're going somewhere else, which, which yeah. is probably part of the conversation as well, that, that we are going to go somewhere else. But the age to come implies that, no, like when God is putting back together all things, right. that that will be here. And so man, I'm so with you. Um, I love to travel as it is. I've been to 22 countries. I, I want to go to 22 more. Um, I've seen some beautiful places all over the world. I can't mm-hmm. imagine the Redwoods looking any more beautiful than they are or Yosemite or, or Zion, like all these places. Um, but to be able to explore that with without the chaos right. and, and the ramifications of – thousands and thousands of years of generations of human beings doing really stupid crap to each other and to the land. And yeah, um, yeah what a fun thing. I, I, there's a, a thing that you bring up sometimes when we talk about Eternity about uh, like, hey, Wayne, do you want to go get a taco? Um, and I've always, you've, you've planted that seed in my mind mm. about like how cool would it be to be able to like, you know, walk down to Mexico City.
0: yeah.
1: And and when we say walk down, I, I don't assume that we'll get there in, you know, 30 minutes kind of thing. Right. but Like literally get to walk and not have to worry about you know, getting jumped, and right. uh, and and that wasn't a, a comment on the country. By the way, <laughs> I, used, yeah. I used to live in that country, yeah. But, um, but yeah, just the the to explore and and to mm-hmm. and to explore all of who God is and and everything that He has for
0: us in this creation. Yeah, and I think that, that sounds incredible. Yeah, and one of the things, a question that I got recently was, "You think in heaven we get to teleport?" Um, and I thought, "I locate, yeah, maybe? like." Teleport teleportation is, is a really cool idea for people who have limited amounts of time. Mm. If you have finite time, then, yeah, you need to get there now, right? But if we have eternity, no. Then I want to walk to Mexico City.
1: And I want I wanted to discover everything along the way. And I want to stop and have conversations with people.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to get to know them and how they're experiencing life. Right. And so I think that one of, one of the sessions I went to um, at, at this teaching conference recently was about one of the responsibilities of teachers isn't necessarily just to get information off to students but rather is to inspire awe mm. right is to get students to to wake up to how amazing stuff is and this wasn't even a christian conference but if we right. can get students to wake up to how great reality is right. um then then eternity kind of becomes something that they look forward to Amen. i one Amen. of my one of my classes i teach is on um it's called love dating and marriage and um my wife and I are finishing, or finishing? What's the word? 11 years of marriage. It's our yeah. 11th anniversary tomorrow. Congrats. It's, thank you. That's um, awesome. So so this is kind of especially pertinent, but I think that one of the things I try to, I guess, communicate to students is I love my wife, mm. um, and I know her better than I know anyone else. Yeah. Um, And I know so much more about her mannerisms than anyone else does and and all of this. And the same thing for me. Um, But at the same time, I can still say I don't fully know my wife, Mm -hmm. right? And and it's so cliche, but the more you know, like the the less you actually know, right? The more you know... Um, so the more I get to know my wife, the more a world of, yeah, there's so much more to learn right. about her. A whole host up. of new questions that you didn't even know you were going to ask exactly. five years ago. Exactly. And yeah, so, I and this is that. just talking about one other human being. One and human so being. like, I look forward to the, the externalities, like getting mm-hmm. to explore the external world, but yeah. even, even relationship. Yeah. To like, know people. There's almost, it. it I don't want to use the word infinite, um, too loosely, but it, it seems like within each of each of us, there is this sort of infinite depth that, like I don't think we could get tired of getting to know people mm. deeper and then if we actually think of what is at the center of eternity, right the creator of the eternity, universe yeah. right if we get to if we get to stare into that for eternity as well if if I could say that I could look into my wife's soul for eternity, imagine the creator of the universe, yeah. like how much wonder and yeah. awe and question i can um, I can dig up for the rest yeah. of eternity there and the, and what that inspires us then to look at afterwards, yeah
1: right yeah. like if i'm going to stare and gaze at him then to stare and gaze at his creation made in his image right or made from his you know from his from his love like that's
0: right
1: yeah so that i mean that you know we you, you bring that up to a student and 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 when we help them shatter this understanding that heaven is this place that you you fly away to hmm. and that you are in some sort of spirit form um, yeah, that does sound boring to me. Yeah. And 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 what a cool thing to be able to tell the kid, Yep, you're right. That's boring. And I don't necessarily I don't see that in the text. Right. Um, and one of the things when I do get some pushback when I have kids that are like, No, 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 like heaven is this this place over there and it's in this, it's in the clouds and it's you know, they really hold on to that dearly. Um you know, I just like I like to stop and pause and, and go I mean it's back to shalom again, it's go back to the garden again and just mm. If God's making everything and says it's good, um, it, it's just interesting. It's just interesting that we come up with this theology that after one mistake, that He's like, "Okay, screw this place," and when you die, I'll take you somewhere else. Right. Yeah. But like, if He's made everything, right? Like, isn't doesn't yeah. it have value? Like, right. wouldn't He put everything back together? So yeah. it's just such a it's a, it's a weird it's a weird theology that has slipped into into our Christian culture, and if it, and if it if becomes it, escapism.
0: Yeah, and if it wasn't for like Bible classes and teaching them to think, then. Like, a lot of kids, the way that they define heaven is it's the place you go to be with God after you die. Yep. Um, but if we look at the garden, if there's no death and God is there, then there is no heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, the idea that there's this other it. place that you go to be with God, no, they're there with God and they don't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so heaven is not... That's why even in the Hebrew, it's the heavens and the earth, mm-hmm. right? That that this is, that's their way of saying the cosmos. Mm. Um, and the age to come is this redeemed cosmos that we get to see and participate yeah, in. where his goodness is
1: actually, where we don't have to wonder why why are bad things happening to right. good people because his goodness is everywhere and it permeates everything. Yeah. I want to explore that world. So how? Christian National Geographic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is there such a thing? Maybe. Can we, can we? Can we corner that yeah, before it happens? Be um, well, the, the, I guess that's the answer to the question I was just going to ask <laughs> yeah. is how, how do we inspire mm. students, right? Because it's one thing yep. to be like, hey, Jimmy, it's going to be great. Um, but then they can, they'll say, okay, well, show me. How, what does it look like, mm. I guess, as, as teachers, and not even teachers, but parents, mentors, um, people that are peers, yeah. um, what does it look like to inspire that sort of awe and anticipation for the age to come? And then, just I want to add with your question, and then I'll answer at least from my perspective. But even
1: adding to that, um, inspire and and feel the license to be creative in that inspiration, but mm-hmm. also making maintaining that we are grounding it in what you know God has revealed. You know what I mean? So that it's not just mm-hmm. us making up some stuff. Because that's the other thing is is the kids have heard so we, we've heard so much uh, just crap made up from from church leaders and stuff, where they've just given us some blanket answers, right? Like, for example, like, you know, you ask your parent a question and they say, I don't know, you'll, you'll know everything in heaven. Right. You know, there are people walking around with that idea, but, um, you know, follow that logic out. Like, if I'm going to know everything... In heaven, whatever that means, then I don't necessarily need God if I'm gonna do right. anything. So, just all of those, right? So, like, how do we do that? How do we navigate that? And so, for me, again, I think it's important to go back to the garden mm. and, and, and we focus on the original blessing, which was in the beginning, God created something really good and it worked. And He created a system where, where every single part worked and every single, and it doesn't just work. But again, when we get into that definition, it flourished, right. uh, and it was abundant, and it lacked nothing, and I mm-hmm. think that's, that's big. And so within that, um, to go back to you know, the original, those four relationships of shalom, um, that's, what I, that's where I go, is what, what does it look like? And, I, and, and use your own imagination. What would it look like, student? Uh, did you say Jimmy? Jimmy. Jimmy, okay. So what would it look like, Jimmy, if, if, if you personally were to have shalom with every other human being? Hmm. What if you had shalom with that person here on campus that that has been bullying you? Right, uh, and then maybe maybe go bigger. Maybe what does a shalom look like then in your house and in your family because you know brokenness? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe right. they come from a great family, so let's let's go a little bit bigger. What does shalom look like in our country? Don't right. get me started, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. just, what does that look like in the world? And that's just on one scale between right. men. And so um, I believe that we have this beautiful creative power, and and I, th- I think we can allow the Holy Spirit to guide that, and yeah. we can. We can explore that goodness. Um, That seems more intriguing to me. Yeah, Um, And that, yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And I think that that's really good for the students, especially the ones who have ideation strength and who are are able to sort of like imagine like what this reality would look like. Um, And and I think for the students that there's some of those students that are like brass tacks, right? Right. Like show me what, what does this look like? I think that um, Jesus' call of his disciples is probably mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we could use as a model for ourselves. He, he just says, hey, come and see, yeah. right? Or even his, some of his early disciples as the team was assembling, they said, hey, come and see this man um, that I just met, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think um, what we do on missions trips, what we do in experiential things in Bible class, um, I think is, is we get to say, come and see, come and see what it looks like. Right, and one one of the things from the Bible Project guys, um, they have a video on heaven and earth, and this idea of creating little pockets of heaven yeah, here on earth. Yeah. I think that when I, I say this, almost after every retreat, after every missions trip, but at the end we say, now we have to go back to normal life. <laughs> um, and I say, you know what? What if? Isn't it sad that normal life means being disconnected? Yeah,
1: like it's like it's without the kingdom, somehow. right?
0: And so instead, I. I say, think about this experience that you just had, like rock climbing with your friends and playing in nature and reflecting on the good God of the universe and saying affirming things to your peers and being the type of person that you wish Mm. you could be in regular life. Like that—that's the age to come, Mm. right? We there is no more return to normal life because normal life is subnormal life, right? We're not living as humans; we're living as subhumans, and that's why we need to escape. I dig that. I dig that. And uh, we've—it seems like we've—we've brought up Romans twelve a couple times.
1: um, that seems to line up when 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 the apostle paul says that like like don 't don 't do it how everybody else is doing it don't don't don 't give into the patterns of this age, but allow your mind to be transformed uh, be creative yeah. explore the the, the what it 's out there that this age to come. Jesus has given us an example of God's intention for humanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul, you know, calls him the new Adam. Mm -hmm. This is what I want—what it means to be human. And so, when we get to go and participate and have fun, Mm -hmm. and have meals, and be nice, and be kind, and think of others before ourselves, like when our immaturity, we see that as a list of things that we have to do. But when we understand that this is what humanity—this is the intention for humanity—then yeah, we get to experience the kingdom right now, like Jesus said. Yep. Right, and that's that's um, that's pretty freaking radical, dude. Yeah,
0: and that, and then it's not just a belief system; it's actually that now affects the way that I live. Right, and that'll that'll preach um, to to us as teachers to, oh, to the goodness. students, and so may you be inspired um, and inspire others to look forward to eternity um, by making little pockets pockets of it, right? Here. Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher is a collection of theological musings and real experiences through the eyes of two Christian school teachers.
1: We do not profess to be professional theologians, but we want to provide a voice and resources for those of us working in the unique
0: context of Christian schools. We hope you join the conversation.